Welcome to the Wits and Weights Podcast for busy professionals who want to get strong and lean with strength training and sustainable diet. I'm your host, Philip Pape, and in each episode, we'll examine strategies to help you achieve physical self-mastery through a healthy skepticism of the fitness industry and a commitment to lifting heavy and eating right. Welcome to episode three of Wits and Weights. Today's episode is all about the S word, strength. What is it? Why is it important? And how to get it? If you're listening to this podcast, it's a safe bet that you have some sort of fitness related goal. That is, you want to improve yourself physically in some way. Build muscle, burn fat, get lean, get strong, improve athletic performance, look good in a bathing suit, or even improve mobility, flexibility, or balance. What if I told you there is one attribute above all others that permeates each of these fitness attributes? That if you just focus on this attribute for a while as your top priority, it will translate to improvements in all the others. Well, you're in luck. And if I haven't made it painfully obvious by the title and intro of this episode, that one fitness attribute is strength. In today's episode, we cover what do we mean by strength? Why is strength the most important fitness attribute? And assuming it's so important, how do you get it? Let's start by defining strength. Although 10 people might give 10 different answers, the definition we're concerned with is the production of force against an object. We're not concerned with power, speed, your ability to do something without getting tired, or your ability to do something quickly. Only your ability to overcome a force or load, measured by absolute physical strength. Absolute strength is measured simply by the amount of force you can produce, as indicated by the weight you can lift. This could be measured by your one repetition maximum, or one RM, on a barbell movement like the squat bench press, or deadlift. Or it could be measured on other movements, like the overhead press, the barbell row, or any number of exercises across multiple numbers of repetitions, whether three, five, eight. If you're following a program where you perform three sets of five, you can measure strength by your maximum three by five weight. Once more, strength is simply your ability to exert force on an object, and we'll measure that by the weight on the bar. Having defined strength, the next question is, why is strength relevant? In Starting Strength, Mark Ripito writes, quote, Physical strength is the most important thing in life. Our strength, more than any other thing we possess, still determines the quality and quantity of our time here in these bodies. A weak man is not as happy as that same man would be if he were strong, end quote. Andy Baker wrote that, quote, strength is foundational to a better life. There is no instance in life or sport where stronger isn't better, end quote. These may sound like exaggerations, but my personal experience has shown me time and again that strength is so much more important than people think. Once you have it, you realize the physical and mental doors it opens, let alone vastly improving your health, fitness, and longevity. Unfortunately, the vast majority of so-called fitness programs, from CrossFit to boot camps to Orange Theory to P90X and many others, attempt to generalize across multiple fitness attributes without focusing on any one in particular. For example, 
CrossFit claims to improve 10 attributes, cardiovascular and respiratory endurance, stamina, strength, flexibility, power, speed, coordination, agility, balance, and accuracy. Yet the physical reality is that all of these attributes have a common baseline in strength. Although many of these programs recognize this fact in their descriptions and guides, they don't prioritize strength above all else. I personally was stuck in this hamster wheel with a generalized fitness approach for many years. When I finally prioritized strength, that is my ability to handle greater and greater loads on the bar, everything else related to fitness became easier and progressed more quickly. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the benefits of strength training? For many, it's getting big or jacked, but building mass like that takes hard work and dedication over a very extended period. In fact, strength has a cornucopia of benefits that almost make it seem like a magical elixir. And for many who've worked to gain strength, that's not too far from the truth. In the Barbell Prescription, Strength Training for Life After 40, Jonathan Sullivan wrote that, quote, strength training can slow, arrest, or even reverse many of the degenerative effects of aging. Loss of muscle and strength, brittle bones, floppy ligaments, dysfunctional joints, and the decline of mobility and balance, end quote. Now that sounds like the fountain of youth to me. According to the fitness wiki, here are 10 more benefits of building strength. Improved ability to manipulate or move objects in day-to-day life, including yourself. Increased bone density, reduced risk of osteoporosis. Improved balance and reduced risk of falls. Reduced symptoms of arthritis, back pain, obesity, heart disease, depression, and diabetes. It can improve cognitive ability in older adults. It can improve blood pressure, triglyceride levels, HDL cholesterol. Can reduce the risk of cancer. Broadly reduces the risk of injury. Can help maintain joint flexibility and improved ability to control weight gain through increased calorie usage. For athletes, strength can correct muscular imbalances, prevent injury, increase power or explosiveness, and increase muscular endurance. Whew, what a list. I'm assuming you're now completely convinced that getting stronger is probably a wonderful idea. Which brings us to the final question. How do we build strength? It really comes down to lift weights, eat, and sleep. Lift weights, eat, and sleep. Repeat, that's it. But I would be doing you a disservice if I left it at that because as we know, a lot of things can be simple, but they're not necessarily easy. There are many roads that lead to the same destination, some more serpentine than others, and we are going to pave for ourselves the most efficient road we can to get to that destination based on the decades of experience, personal anecdotes, research, knowledge, and outcomes we've seen, whether it's among powerlifters, bodybuilders, or everyday folks like you and me who have been successful doing this. At a high level, becoming stronger requires a few key elements. Heavy resistance training with sufficient frequency and recovery, that includes sleep, eating enough food to create what we call an anabolic environment, and eating enough protein to provide sufficient material to build muscle. Let's cover each of these in detail. 
We'll start with resistance training. There are many strength building programs out there. Some are much more optimal than others. And generally, if you pick one of them, you work hard, you stick to it, you'll make much more progress than someone who jumps around from program to program, or even worse, does nothing. In episode two, we talked about how to choose a strength training program. So if you didn't listen to the episode, go back, revisit it, choose a program, and start training. We established that the optimal approach is one that uses barbells and compound lifts, namely the squat, deadlift, and bench press, with the addition of the overhead press and even power clean or barbell rows in some programs. The conclusion is that you must train heavy with sufficient frequency to build strength. By heavy, I mean the load on the bar is high enough to drive the appropriate stress on your body. To put it objectively, when you're a rank novice following a linear progression, that would be heavier than last time by some meaningful amount, whether that's two and a half, five, or ten more pounds. This is why we use barbells and compound lifts. Let's reiterate that barbells allow you to train your entire physical system in a full range of motion with multiple joints recruiting significant muscle mass. It aligns with the neuromuscular functional reality of our human anatomy, both skeletal and muscular. Barbells let you control the weight over time, whereas machines are the ones controlling you. Barbells also allow you to scale from very light to very heavy in an efficient, consistent way. Therefore, you can train heavy and progress consistently. Also, by heavy, I mean not so heavy that you can't use proper form and control the movement. As Greg Knuckles puts it, quote, you should use something between the heaviest weight that you feel very comfortable and confident with and about 15% less than that, end quote. If you choose a program like Starting Strength or the Big Three Routine, you'll see that sets of five are a cornerstone of effective beginner strength programs. The strength spectrum is generally considered between one and eight reps, where five is the sweet spot for new lifters. And here's why. Let's say you did only singles. So those are sets of just one rep. You would be required to recruit the maximum force possible for the movement, fully engaging your neuromuscular system, which would provide an excellent stimulus for strength. But the volume perhaps is too low. On the other hand, sets of, say, eight and above require much more muscular endurance because of the duration and cardiovascular requirements. Sets of five are a good compromise for novice lifters to stimulate an increase in strength while maintaining good form, consistency, muscular coordination, and still benefit from multiple hard reps from an endurance perspective. If you followed my advice in episode two and started training, you'll find soon enough, if you haven't already, that sets of five can be very hard, especially the last few reps of the last few sets. But that's a good sign that you're applying a stimulus that your body has never experienced before. It teaches you how to do hard things. One of the realities you'll come to value over the years, and I say this from experience. Now, when you're training this hard, you need time to recover before hitting those same muscles again. 
Newer lifters can train more often because they recover quickly, as quickly as 48 hours, even for the leg musculature. Workout sessions are shorter because rest periods are shorter when you're a newer lifter. As you get stronger, or as they say, closer to your genetic potential over months and years, you'll place more stress on the body in each session, requiring longer rest periods, thus longer workout sessions, and more recovery between sessions. At that point, you transition from a beginner three days per week full body style program to either a modified intensity program with longer sessions or something like a four or five day body part split. Now, one of the keys to recovery when you're a resistance training is to avoid overtraining. And that is when your performance can't recover sufficiently to enable the appropriate adaptation And this leads to much harder and ineffective workouts, which then just sabotages your ability to recover and adapt. Lastly, you have to get sufficient and high quality sleep. And for many, that means not being on a screen till right before bed and getting at least seven or eight hours of sleep per night, which may sound like an insane requirement for busy working professionals based on your habits, but is something that will pay off big time when it comes to recovery between lifting sessions. So that's resistance training. That is how we build strength in the gym. And we'll be talking about many more details behind lifting, training, rest periods, and so on in future episodes. But the next thing I want to talk about is getting enough food and getting enough protein. Now, maybe you didn't think we would talk about diet today. And it's true. Today's episode isn't the diet episode. But It's a fact that your body's a system and building strength requires lifting combined with the right kind of environment from a food perspective so that your lifting actually pays off. So you have to eat enough food. It's a fact of biology that to build muscle, you must be in a caloric surplus. Even if you're a brand new lifter who's able to build muscle while losing fat. A caloric surplus is simply taking in more energy through your diet than your body burns each day. The easiest way to tell if you're doing this is by the weight on the scale. If you're gaining weight each week, you're headed in the right direction for packing on muscle and taking advantage of that new training program of yours that you're working so hard at. Let me go on a little rant. If you think you can't eat enough or gain weight, I want you to get out of your head all the silly nonsense about being a quote hard gainer or having a, quote, fast metabolism. These aren't real. They're just excuses to avoid eating enough. If you are a human being, your energy system is ruled by the law of energy balance. We'll get into much more detail on this in the next episode, which will be an exciting one full of useful information and plenty of myth busting. But for now, just accept the fact that if you start training hard to build strength, you must eat enough to be in a caloric surplus. No excuses. Part of eating enough is also making sure you get enough protein. Even if you're eating enough calories, you'll need a sufficient amount of protein within those calories. They can't be all fat or carbs. Protein is required for muscle protein synthesis or put simply, gaining muscle mass. Now, how much protein is enough? This has always been the debate. And this subject has been exhaustively researched in recent years. The consensus seems to be that around 0.8 
to one gram of protein per pound of body weight is a good target with no need to go much higher than 1.3 grams per pound. Despite all the bro science out there suggesting that you need hundreds of grams of protein per day, bro. I personally shoot for one gram per pound each day. It's a nice round number. And if you fall short, you're still well in the ballpark. What does this look like? For a 200 pound man, that's 200 grams of protein per day. For a 150 pound woman, that's 150 grams. Now this might sound like a lot. This might be hard if you are not used to it. So stay tuned for our upcoming episode on diet and nutrition, where I break down a plan of action and some ideas for getting sufficient protein. But for now, look for ways to get closer to this target of 0.8 to 1 gram per pound, starting with things like meat, eggs, and dairy. All of this leads me to a concept called the stress recovery adaptation model. Stress recovery adaptation, which neatly captures much of what we just talked about. First, you apply a new stress to your body with very heavy weights at moderately low reps. We're talking the one to eight rep range, but primarily around five for most of the effective beginner programs. Second, you give yourself enough time to recover by resting, sleeping enough, eating enough, and getting enough protein. Finally, your body then adapts as a protective survival mechanism to handle a slightly higher level of stress next time. Next time you go to the gym, you have a new baseline and you should be able to lift a little more weight. And it does this by increasing your neuromuscular strength and muscle size, but only if you gave it enough fuel, rest, and sleep to recover. Stress, recovery, adaptation. The magical formula to building strength. All it requires of you is hard work, dedication, and consistency. Now, here's a bonus tip. Even if your goal is just to have a better physique, just to look good, you must have a baseline of strength to grow big, dense muscles and support your ability to handle heavy enough high rep exercises if and when you wade into the bodybuilding and hypertrophy world. You can't just jump in and start doing hypertrophy in the 8 to 12 rep range and hope to gain much muscle mass. You have to lift heavy and gain strength first. Let's recap today's episode. We covered a lot of material, but I think it's important to understand deeply that which might become the foundation of your health and fitness for the rest of your life. My goal on this podcast is to help you become a highly educated, informed consumer and practitioner an independent thinker, unbeholden to so-called fitness experts. Today we talked about what we mean by strength from a fitness perspective, why it's critical to the very essence of your health and all fitness attributes, and how you can achieve greater strength through resistance training, eating enough food, getting enough protein, and sufficient recovery to exploit the stress recovery adaptation model inherent in our biology. In our next episode, we'll talk about cardio, fat loss, and metabolism. Then episode five, we'll discuss how to approach your diet without going on a diet. We'll dive into a lot of the things we discussed here regarding calories and protein at a much deeper level and how you can put it into practice. And in episode six, we talk about developing systems and habits to put your fitness on autopilot. 
If you have questions for me or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes, just connect with me by email, Instagram, or Facebook. All the links are in the episode's show notes. Thanks very much for joining me today. To view the show notes and a recap of today's episode, head over to podcast.witsandweights.com. Before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. If you enjoy the podcast, please let me know by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. Reviews let Apple know that listeners like you enjoy my show, which helps people find the podcast and search results. It does make a huge difference. Thanks again for joining me, Philip Pape, in this episode of Wits and Weights. I'll see you next time, and stay strong. Hey, before you go, I want to let you know about a free resource I have. They are free guides on everything from fat loss to eating out to building muscle to managing hunger to figuring out the best macros for you and more being added all the time. You want to get the most out of these podcasts and your time to look and feel your best, and these free guides will give you a quick and easy way to know what to do. If you want to get your hands on these completely free guides, you can head over to witsandweights.com slash free. That's witsandweights.com slash free to get your free guides and level up your results today.